Good to have you back with us. Another edition of Get Taxes and Duval. I'm Rich Ballou alongside Hayes Carlin. we got a lot to do today. The schedule has been released and three days worth of Jaguars rookie minicamp. First things first, Hayes, let's say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, you know, Rick, John Spicklemeyer was a hell of a football player, but I'm glad he didn't have to block Trayvon Walker after watching him for <laughs> uh, for a couple of days in, uh, in helmets and shorts. But uh, John Spicklemeyer has become... An excellent resource if you're looking to have the best car insurance available at the lowest price. John Spicklemeyer at 471-7155. I tell you what, I had him look at my policy. He said, you don't need this. I can save you money here. And uh, I've never been happier with it. So if you're looking to get a better rate on your car insurance, and who isn't? Uh, We all hate paying that. I, uh, you know, give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. He'll tra- take great care of you. I knew it was going to happen, but still, when I saw it, uh, there was a part of me that was somewhat disappointed. I'm talking about Trayvon Walker doing individual drills with outside linebacker Bill Shuey. And, you know, in, in, in my perfect world, I'd, I'd rather have him exclusively on the edge. I, I know that they're going to bring him up to the line of scrimmage. You're, you're able to do that with outside linebackers, but we're watching drills. He's moving east and west. He's dropping back in coverage. They were also working on him rushing the passer. So here we go again. They're going to be asking him to do all sorts of different things. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say here, Hayes, I, I wanted him exclusively as a pass rusher. That is not going to be the case here for the top pick. Yeah, you know, it's it's really intriguing to see everything he can bring to the defense. And again, you know, I, I would have taken Hutchinson, but that's ancient history now. Uh, Trayvon Walker is here. And I've, I've got to say, he's incredibly impressive uh, physically. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, that shouldn't have been a surprise. We, we saw him at the Combine. Well, yeah, but they don't wear helmets at the Combine. They don't bring out blocking sleds at the Combine. He's not being led by a Jaguar position coach at the Combine. And they don't do team stuff at the Combine. They did all that stuff this past weekend. I'm not trying to suggest that this was playing football. Yeah, they weren't in pads. It certainly wasn't even close to full speed in an NFL game. But Rick, I I disagree in the sense that when he drops into coverage with that frame, I mean, he takes up so much damn space. And I do think he's going to be a force. And I I think primarily he is going to rush the passer. But I, you know, I, I, I think when you look at his ability to drop in the space that he covers with the speed that he has, there was a play Friday where Perry dropped back to throw it, didn't see anything downfield. Trayvon had dropped into the flat and Perry wanted to come back to the running back. And as soon as he moved his eyes to the running back to check it down, Trayvon Walker closed about 10 yards in a split second. And if it had right. been a real game and if Perry had thrown him the ball, he would have destroyed the running back. And yeah. uh, now again, I'm not suggesting that that running back is Alvin Kamara or, you know, Nick Chubb. But he, I mean, it, it would have been you could see he, that he got close enough to him that there was such a discrepancy in the size. And with how fast he moves, he would he would have absolutely annihilated him. And so yeah. uh, I'm intrigued by it. I mean, to me, that's why. If you're going to take the risk, which they have, then you need to play him at the position that is, you know, the most beneficial to your defense. And if you if you have found an edge rusher at outside linebacker that, you know, 
is capable of getting double digit sacks, but also capable of dropping, you know, every so often and uh, creating the kind of problems he's going to create with that wingspan and that speed. Uh, I'm intrigued. I, I like that they're only keeping him at one spot. So I guess uh, I guess I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird because I, it's almost like I feel, believe it or not, I feel sorry for him. And that's impossible to actually believe that I said, considering he's bringing in, what is it, $37 million and, and, and the guy is humble and he's obviously a great teammate. But, you know, this franchise has won four games in two years. The most important thing is to try to find ways to win games. But I, I can just see it right now. I mean, it's, mid, it's mid-May. But I can see a scenario where this man is graded by the national media. He's graded by, let's say, some JAG fans that are uh, not passionate. They're not going to look at double teams. They're not going to look at pressures. They're not going to look at quarterback hurries. Um, and instead, everything is going to be graded on sacks that he gets. So let's, let's have a little fun here. I mean, I think on a 3-4 defense, you know, he's one of the outside linebackers. And obviously, Josh Allen is an outside linebacker. What do they do in a nickel? What do they do in, a, in an obvious pass rush situation? Well, I got to believe that Allen's moving up to one edge. Is Devin Lloyd going to move to another edge? And all of a sudden, you have Trayvon Walker, you know, inside with Aloha uh, Khan and Chad Muma as your coverage linebackers. Is that going to be what they do? And, and, and my point here is, uh, you know, Hayes, if that's the point and he's inside, unless he's Aaron Donald, the Warren Sapp, he's not going to have all these sack stats. He may help the guy to the left of him or to the right of him. But I'm just kind of looking at the pressure that will come from the media and others by saying, oh, here we go again. Another first round bust. Look, there's been six games and he has two sacks. Well, I think that definitely exists. I mean, I, the, the risk that they took was substantial. Now, in seeing him, you know, I, I, I can at least – he looks like a complete specimen. I mean, he, he, this is the only thing I can compare it to. When I saw Luke Jokel, I was unimpressed. When the first right. time I saw Dante Fowler, even before he tore the knee, I wasn't overly impressed athletically with him. The only player that I would put in Trayvon Walker's category, and they play different positions, is Jalen Ramsey. The first time mm-hmm. I saw Jalen Ramsey move on the Jaguar practice field, he was really only like two weeks removed from a minor knee procedure. But to see him run, he was working off to the side. But to see him run at that size, it was, it, I mean, it popped. It was like, I've never seen anything like this. And it was like, this guy's going to have to struggle to not be good in this league because he's just so much more athletic than, than what we're used to seeing. Uh, I never felt that way about Taven Bryant, even though traits were why he was picked where he was. Uh, Trayvon Walker, to me, looks like, oh my gosh, like he is going to have to have really poor instincts to not work in this league. Because yeah. you hit on it. I mean, everything else is there. He's very coachable. He's very humble. He's very disciplined. So, you know, the only thing that's going to take him astray of not living up to you know, that the athletic gifts that he has is health, which no one can control. And then the other thing uh, would be the instincts. And that's what we just won't know until until he plays. But if the instincts are above average, I can't imagine he's not going to be really productive. Because did, did you do you believe that he is going to move inside 
on pass rush situations, yeah, I, or do you think they're going to keep him on the edge? No, I like your thought there. I, I think if it's nickel, because we've been tinkering with this really throughout since everybody saw him, and it's like, okay, well, you know, what, what do you do here when you've invested, you know, pretty premium picks in two other linebackers and Lloyd and Muma and significant free agent money uh, and Olekin? I mean, you want those guys on the field on the money downs, all of them, if, if they're all available. So, yeah, is it, do you move Trayvon Walker? from outside linebacker to almost tackle in that format where you've got the your three up front would be Lloyd Walker, Josh Allen, and then you've got Muma uh, and Olekin, and then you've got your five defensive backs. I mean, that is a very undersized front, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's third and nine or longer in this league, most offenses are not going to test you with a run, uh, you know, in that situation. So I could see that, I, you know, I could, abs- yeah. I could absolutely see that. Maybe, you know, it's a situation where I uh, Muma comes out, Lloyd goes inside and maybe you have like Roy Robertson Harris, you know, playing it, it, right. it tackle with you know, alongside Allen and, and Trayvon. But I, uh, I think it gives them some intriguing options, but I, uh, I mean, I, I, I think defensively, Having seen the three rookies, and, and I spent way more time watching Walker than I did Muma and Lloyd, but I was impressed with what I saw out of the, the other two as well. I think line, at linebacker, man, they're, they're, they're an athletic powerhouse now. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, listen, it's, uh, it was very noticeable uh, to watch um, with Lloyd and Muma, to me, um, leadership, uh, communication, um, yeah. responsibility of, of lining up the others. I mean, I, I, I would assume, and, and we'll certainly get your opinion on it. I would assume that Alulakan is going to be wearing the green dot this year. That would be just my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. If as early by as 2023, or if he went out with an injury that you see it being either Lloyd or Muma is, is the guy that is controlling this defense. You know, I, I remember the year, uh, I don't know if it was 2014 or 20, whatever it was when, you know, Linder was here and Bortles and Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, Mark Keesley, and, and they had 49 guys out in rookie camp that year. They had a lot of guys off the street. And you could tell by watching drills that Kelvin Smith was the absolute leader of that group. And, you know, that he learned under pause, as, as we know, and and Telvin, and you can go back and ask Jimbo Fisher, uh, that entire defense went to the NFL. I'll tell you, LaMarcus Joyner and Telvin Fisher were without, or Telvin Smith were without any question, the two best leaders on that defense. I, I got a real early feeling that these two are also going to bring that element to this defense. And let's face it, that's something that Miles Jack did not bring. When, when he was asked to give you more as far as his responsibility, uh, I thought he failed in that area. He was better just kind of leave him alone and let him do what he needs to do. But when you're asking him to do more, I thought his play went down. I think that's a positive with these two. They're going to be able to give the Jaguars that side of uh, of everything else that they provide as well. Yeah, no question. Miles Jack was a follower uh, by his own admission. You know, he just was. And he, he followed various people throughout his Jaguars career. Uh, but he was always a follower. I really, you look at nobody on the defensive front, I would say, is that, you know, coming back from last year, I don't, you know, I don't think Robertson Harris, Malcolm Brown, 
I don't think they give you that. Um, you know, I agree. I mean, yeah. And, you know, so I, I do think that defensively they, they needed some of that. I think Shaq Griffin has some leadership ability, but, you know, again, you've got to catch those picks uh, to, yeah. to really become a dominant leader. I, I, Rayshon Jenkins, you know, it doesn't strike me as a leader. Um, so they absolutely needed that. And I, I do think they have that in Lloyd and in Muma. They have those leadership qualities. <clears throat> Trayvon, I don't sense, has that. I think Trayvon's going to be more of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, my play is going to speak for itself. He just, he, and again, I, agree. Yeah. You know, it's, I just don't think that's how he's wired. It's not a bad thing. I, I just, he just isn't a, a big raw rug. At least it, that doesn't seem to be. And it doesn't seem like that's his reputation uh, coming out of Georgia. So, uh, you know, we'll see. It'd be a great surprise. Uh, but, and you don't need 11 guys that are like that, but you do need one or two guys that are alphas. And Telvin, from, you're absolutely right, from the second he arrived, brought an energy that was uh, just unbelievable. And so, the, and they need that. They absolutely need that. And so, I think defensively, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant on, you know, saying that it's going to be a top 10 unit. I mean, they were awful last year. And I think they had a pretty good coordinator. So, I, I don't know that... While I think the head coaching has been tremendously upgraded, I don't know that I can say that about defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I think Joe Cullen did a, a, a really good job considering what he had to work with. I think it was a talent issue, but I don't think they're going to go from, you know, what 28th in points allowed, 28th on third down to ninth. I mean, to me, I, I still think if they could get to in the 16 to 18 range on points per game, third down, uh, you know, takeaways, which obviously they were dead last by a mile last year, only getting nine about, you know, five, five fewer than uh, the 31st ranked club. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that is significant progress. And, and I think that that is manageable. I, I think that is a realistic expectation for the the resources that they have decided to invest on this side of the ball. It's not what you and I yeah. would have done. You know, we would have liked to have mm-hmm. seen it tilted more towards the offense. But they looked at it and said, you know what, we're going to fix the defense. Uh, they're out there again on Monday, so we'll spend a little bit of time uh, next week uh, on the offense. Again, not as highly regarded on that side of the ball. You, you have Fortner, you hope wins um, you know, the center position. And we could talk a little bit about uh, Kevin Austin, who's getting a little bit of play here as an undrafted free agent at wide receiver. But in our, in our last couple of minutes, let, let's look at the schedule here. Um, you know, on the surface, I guess I'm disappointed only because three of the first four, four of the first six are on the road. And, you know, that's never easy. Um, again, we talked about the holiday schedule. They they do catch a break by getting an 8-15 Thursday night game a couple of days before Christmas. That's pretty cool. They will play on, on January 1st at Houston, have a season uh, ender here against Tennessee. But, but the one thing that is so obvious to me here, Hayes, is that they have three times during this schedule where they have consecutive road games. They don't have one where there are consecutive home games here in Jacksonville. Now, you have sandwiched in there a trip to Wembley. So if you look at it on paper, it says three straight home games, Giants, Broncos, and Raiders. You and I know that that flight to London, I don't care what they call it, that is lengthy. That is anything but a home game if you look at it that way. I, I agree with all that. There, there was a couple other things that, that stood out to me. Uh, it, when we talk about rest, rest is always such a big part of this when you start to dive into it. 
And it's a good thing in one sense. None of the opponents the Jaguars will face have a bye the week prior to facing the Jaguars. So that's unique. Uh, And that's a good thing. The problem is there are four games in which the opponent will be coming off a Thursday night game, which does give them a little bit of extra rest. The Chargers play Thursday night before the Jaguars game. The Colts do in the second game that's in Indianapolis. The Lions play on Thanksgiving, then play the host the Jaguars the following week. And uh, the Texans play a Thursday game prior to uh, the final game uh, on New Year's Day. So four games where you have extra rest. Obviously, the Jaguars, you know, they don't get that. Uh, they, they have one game in which, uh, you know, it, that, 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 uh, that occurs for them. So, uh, so a little bit of a, of a swing there. But I, I like the opening. I think they can get off to a good start, find themselves before what's going to be just a brutal middle of the stretch where you go Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. You get the game in Detroit. Then you face the Titans. That's where the season's going to be won or lost. It's going to be hard, no doubt. I know we did everything uh, at the radio station, uh, uh, posting W's and L's, and uh, you know I didn't give it um, because we, it was kind of spur of the moment. I will do another one right before the start of the season, probably on that Friday, September 9th. I imagine you'll do the same. But I had them at seven and ten. How about you? I had them at eight and nine, so we're very close. Yeah, I I I, I believe they should be. I think they were better than a three-win team last year. They were just led by an incompetent head coach. And I think this year, with the talent upgrades that they've made, I think in the schedule that I see, again, it's still a losing season, but I think they can go from three wins to eight wins. All right. Hey, we'll have much more next week. Uh, We get an opportunity to get out there on Monday the 23rd, and uh, the the veterans uh, will be there along with the rookies. So, uh, that'll always be a lot of fun to get the very latest on the Jags. Let's uh, let's thank our sponsor and, and tell the listeners out there how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, appreciate Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. If if you haven't looked at your car insurance policy in a while, give it a look. Have John give it a look. He can go through it, tell you if you're paying for the right stuff, probably save you some money. Uh, you can reach John at 471-7155. Again, I, I, a couple years ago, I, went, I reached out to John, known him since high school, great guy, said, look at my policy. Tell me what you think. He looked at it and he said, oh, yeah, I can absolutely help you. Uh, Save me money. And and it's just been such a relief. So, again, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155 for all your car insurance needs. All right. Hayes Carline with each and every day, 3 to 6. He covers the Jaguars beat. How do the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, reach out to me on Twitter, at Hayes Carline. What about you, Rick? And same deal. Any questions, comments, what we just talked about, or anything else that's Jaguar-related uh, or perhaps serial killer-related? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got to uh, get into that on, on one of these. <laughs> Next week, we got to devote some time, because I watched the uh, Gacy thing that you recommended. It was oh, unbelievable. Man. Gina, it really was. Yeah, my, uh, my lovely bride and I uh, got wrapped up in something. She started it. It's this show, Candy, with Jessica Beal. On Hulu? I don't tell me much more. I've only seen two episodes. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. It's, so we maybe next week we can talk a little bit about that as well. Yep. Beale's got that in her. She played another role where she killed someone on the beach with a knife, and I, I forget what that was called, but she was pretty good in that as well based yeah. on a true story. So, and she was uh, in the uh, me? Yeah, she was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake uh, there, as well about oh, yeah. 15, 16 years ago now. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Baloo 1010XL. I'm on right after Hayes, 6 to 8, and uh, 
thankfully, I am also the Jaguars sideline reporter. Folks, send all your questions to us. We'll pick it up again next week right here on Death Taxes in Duval. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, I-